0: It's the Americhicks with Kim Monson.
1: Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal.
0: The most important story.
1: The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal.
0: And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead.
1: Because ideas matter.
0: It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues. Choose as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we're dissecting the issues, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be talking with each other here in America. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all of our upcoming guest topics, and important events. I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering you a conservatarian perspective. Very very excited about uh, Vino and Veritas. Our next one is Monday, March 25th. I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranawitter, Bethany, and his team, plus Jen Hewlin, owner of Waters Edge Winery in Centennial, to bring you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. Uh, Dr. Cranawinter is creating a fascinating lecture series on the Federalist Papers. Uh, And we need to know why we believe what we believe. We're meeting the fourth Monday of each month throughout 2019. The good news is that's sold out. And the other good news is, is that we are starting our second Vino and Veritas, Vino and Veritas Castle Rock, which will start in March. It will be the fourth Sunday. So, again, if you are interested, email me at kimandamerichicks.com, and we will get you on uh, on that list. I wanted to give a shout-out to our presenting sponsors. In January, it was Harmony Ridge Construction, building homes and usually making friends in the process. February's presenting sponsor was Susan Cochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. Uh, spring is right around the corner. Uh, Susan hopes to open at the end of March. And March's presenting sponsor is Heidi Gonal and her Free to Be Coalition, promoting free speech and diversity of thought. If you'd like to be a presenting sponsor, just email me at kim at We have a number of things that we want to talk about today. First of all, uh, we'll hit this uh, really, spend a lot of time in, on this in the first segment. And that is regarding uh, Senate Bill 19181, which was introduced uh, just last Friday down at the state legislature. And this, in essence, would do what Prop 112 wanted to do, uh, which was shut down oil and gas development here in Colorado. Uh, the voters spoke and they said no. However, uh, the Boulder politicians have brought this forward, Senate majority. Uh, leader Stephen Finberg and the uh, Speaker of the House, I believe, I need to make sure on that, and that is Casey Becker. And uh, So both of them, it's so interesting, are both for the national popular vote, where they say they want to hear what people have to say. In essence, that is unconstitutional. But then here, they don't want to listen to what the people have to say. So we'll talk uh, about that a little bit later here in this first segment. In the second, third, and fourth segment, We'll be chatting with Katie Kiefer. She is another marvelous millennial. Uh, She's an entrepreneur, author, and commentator. And she will share her thoughts. We're going to be talking about uh, what's going on in the Democrat Party. The veil is off regarding abortion. uh, When we had Governor of Virginia Ralph Northam say say that they're going to let a baby be born and keep it comfortable until they decide what to do. My gosh, that is so cruel. And then, of course... Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, they signed legislation for late-term abortions, and so it's going to be good to get Katie's uh, read on this because um, the the millennials, it looks like, are becoming more and more pro- pro-life, and because the veil is off, a recent poll showed that there has been a 17-point swing towards uh, the opinion of pro-life, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, two, uh, three other things, just headlines I wanted to mention is in a bipartisan vote, Colorado law- lawmakers vote to preserve funding for state charter schools. Uh, this is very good news and very encouraging. There was only one politician in committee in the House Education Committee that voted to take away equal funding for charter schools. And that was Representative Lisa Cutter. She's a Democrat from Littleton. Uh, then another headline, Senator Rhonda Fields breaks with Democrats over the death penalty repeal effort. Uh, and again, uh, this seems to be coming down the pipe by these far left radical activist progressives. And uh, Senator Fields, as you may remember, her son was uh, brutally murdered because he was going to testify against some drug dealers. And so Senator Fields uh, she she believes in the death penalty, and so she broke with Democrats on that. So that was very important. And then if we get to it, uh, producer Steve, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the, in the national scene. Pelosi has her hands full with uh, these uh, rank and file Democrats right now, particularly regarding this anti-Semitism wording that they're working on, as many of you know, the uh, representative, is it Ilar Oman from uh, Minnesota, came out with some very strong anti-Semitic comments, and so the Democrats are trying to come out with something, some wording that says, ah, we don't believe that, but they're having a trouble, because I think many of them do believe, I think many of them are very anti-Semitic, and so uh, if we get to that, we'll talk about Nancy Pelosi, she's having a heck of a time. Poor Nancy. But before... (laughs) before we uh, jump into all of this first thing I was flying yesterday I flew out of San Francisco and my Lyft driver was a legal immigrant a legal immigrant from the Ukraine and on his radio station was K-Love which is a Christian station so I asked him I said are you Christian he said yes I said I am too And so he starts to tell me about immigrating, and he said he sings in choir. He sings solos. He sings all over the country, and that he really loves America. And he asked me if I knew who had written uh, White Christmas, and I said, sure. And it's Irving Boleyn. He said, ah, he was also an immigrant, and he also wrote God Bless America. And at that point in time, Steve, this guy burst into a rendition of God Bless America as we're going down the freeway. It was absolutely beautiful, and it just did my heart good. And it was only about 10 minutes that I was with him. And I thought, isn't that just interesting how uh, just one question, a little conversation could lead to something so unique and special? So um, uh, my shout-out is to my Lyft driver, Roman July for his beautiful rendition of God Bless America. You it just, really made my day.
0: You just brightened my day. I mean, it's only now starting to get light here, but uh, I, you just brightened my day. That's a, an incredible uh, story.
1: Isn't that neat? It was absolutely beautiful. So, And then today's funnies. Okay, socialism. Steve, are you ready for this? Uh-oh. Socialism. This is the definition. You have two cows. The government takes one and gives it to your neighbor. Communism, you have two cows, the government takes them, and then they get the government gives you some milk. Fascism, you have two cows, the government takes them, and then the government sells you some milk. Nazism, you have two cows, the government takes both and shoots you. Capitalism, you have two cows, you sell one, and you buy a bull. And there you have it. Where's our drummer, Steve?
0: He couldn't make it today. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Well, let's jump into something very serious going on here in Colorado. And that is Senate Bill 19181. And in essence, this would shut down. It would do what Prop 112 said it would do. The voters voted just in November. Just what was that? Three months ago. Overwhelmingly, they said, no, we do not want to shut down oil and gas development here in in Colorado. Now, of course, the proponents of this say that that's not the case. They're talking about local control. And in fact, the Colorado Municipal League had come out in favor of 181, which is astounding to me. I was uh, the alternate representative to the Colorado Municipal League when I was on city council. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of of good people there. However, I think they're misguided many times. And uh, instead of looking uh, represent, representing individuals, they represent the power of towns and cities, cities and towns. And so that's probably why they say that they are for 181, because that is one of the things in Senate Bill 181, is they're talking about local control. But, Steve, the problem with local control, and I believe local control is, is, is important. I think government should be as close to the citizen as possible. And I, local control actually starts... First of all, with the individual. You need to be responsible for your own life. You need to be responsible for your own actions. And so it needs to start there. But we need to make sure that we honor property rights. Again, local control, individuals, property rights. That doesn't mean that you can go over and take somebody else's stuff. It doesn't mean that you can go over and injure somebody else. So local control, property rights are both very, very important. But those that want to shut down oil and gas are now doing... a. A workaround going to local governments saying that they would have a jurisdiction on their particular communities regarding oil and gas development. And I, again, I believe in local control. However, what they're proposing is something that goes against property rights. And that is the property rights of the mineral owners. And uh, so to have governments come in and not honor everybody's property rights, is a real problem, and that is what Senate Bill 19181 would do. Now, Steve, oil and gas development, petroleum products make everyday people's lives better. And again, I was in the San Francisco airport and I saw a couple of guys get off the plane. They clearly were going to be backpacking, they had really fancy backpacks, really fancy water bottles, you know, all the equipment. And I was just looking at it and looking at even the clips on their backpacks were made from petroleum products. And so it is astounding to me that we would want to shut down an industry that makes our lives better, that gives us products, you know, the the clothes that we wear, the phones that we talk on, you know, the, the cars that we drive in. It's astounding to me that we have people that want to shut that down <clears throat> and, um, Interestingly enough, another thing, and this was from an article in the Western Wire, it said this was uh, Senator John Cook from Well County, whose entire district lies within Well County, the state's state's top oil and gas-producing county, said that he took 181 personally. He said, this is a sham. Now, Steve, this was introduced just last Friday, March 1st. They were hearing it in committee on Tuesday, March 1st, and then it is going to be heard then again today. Uh, as it's moving its way through, I mean that's pretty pretty ramping it up and pushing it through. And this is what Senator Cook said. He said the sponsors of this bill he was talking to the oil and gas uh, workers that were uh, rallying on the state capitol on uh, Tuesday. He said the sponsors uh, the sponsors of this bill hate everything about you guys. They hate your job." They hate what you do. They hate Will County. And that's why it's so important that you're here. Then Christy Pollard with the president and CEO of the Jefferson County Economic Development Corporation laid it out in real numbers. She said, the oil and gas industry is critical to the state of Colorado. In Jefferson County alone, the oil and gas industry represents 19,000 jobs. He said, those, she said, those are our friends, our family and our neighbors. And then Senator Larry Crowder who represents much of the south-central part of the state, said, we in government should be promoting economic development, not trying to tear it down. We rely heavily on oil and gas severance taxes. He said, you are a huge asset to the state. Steve, roughly $600 million goes into the state education system from oil and gas. We have to ask, how would we replace that? It is absolutely astounding to me that these bolder politicians Finnberg and Casey Becker have introduced this legislation that would essentially shut down a very important industry in our state and it is an industry that empowers everyday people to thrive and prosper it is just astounding to me
0: when you uncover a dichotomy like that like the the missing 600 million dollars that would occur then you got to think that all right what what is their their prime motivation you know that obviously supersedes an issue like six hundred missing six hundred million dollars there's got to be something that's pushing them, motivating them and what is the higher motivation I don't know what it is
1: well you know Steve it actually i think it is it's much bigger and and in a way it's much more sinister than we actually realize, and that is that you know in socialism, if you can start to control you know, in, in energy, and you can start to control education, and you can start to control, uh, well, in the case of, you know, our air, if you will, in the LEVs and the ZEVs, when you get to that particular point in time, it's really about control education. It, it's, it's, it's really you're creating elites and then the proletariat. And uh, so I think it's really about control because if you really cared about everyday people, you would make sure that they were, you know, had the tools that they could thrive and prosper for their economic well-being, to be able to take care of their families, to create their businesses. So this is um, e- e- the veil is off on really what's going on, and I'm very encouraged about that. So this becomes but, uh, the
0: uh, the linchpin issue then, you know, to allow or to open venues, <laughs> avenues to these other things that again uh, result in more government control.
1: Right. You know, and ideally, I mean, if you take a look at what's going on in Denver right now, even with development, there's this idea that, you know, we put people in these little box apartments and they live by a train and they go back and forth and live in a cubicle and just ride on a train or a bicycle. And it's antithetical to uh, everyday people being able to thrive and and. flourish. And so that's why we have to to stay really, really strong on that. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Katie Kiefer about uh, abortion in the fourth trimester. But before we do that, I love sports. Individuals working hard to be the best they can be, to compete, to win or to lose. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. The Nuggets, the Avs and now Major League Baseball opens March 28th and March Madness. I love it as a University of Kansas basketball fan, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Hooters is the place to watch the games. Hooters specials start at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And did you know that Hooters wings can fly? You can have Hooters wings delivered right to your front doorstep. When the girls come over on Wednesday nights, I order Hooters new smoked wings. They love them. They're delicious and only half the calories. So uh, be sure and order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com and let them know that you know the Americhicks. So this is Kim Munson. We'll be right back.
2: All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email kim at americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at Americhicks.com or email Kim at Americhicks.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation, and I offer a conservatarian perspective. Check out my website, Americhicks.com. I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Let's jump right in here. I am thrilled to have a marvelous millennial on the line with me, Katie Kiefer. She is one impressive young woman. Katie Kiefer, welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Well, thanks so much for having me on, Kim. It is just great to have you here. Now, Katie, you are a most impressive young woman. You are an entrepreneur, an author, commentator. You have a column in Town Hall. Uh, You've already written a book, Let Me Be Clear Historical Lessons, Political Solutions to Achieve Your Entrepreneurial Dreams. And you've even debated Bill Maher. So, where (laughs) should we start? Tell me your story. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well,
3: that was a fun debate uh, for sure I I'd have to give credit to my parents for anything that I may have accomplished in life they definitely set me on the right track and so there's hope out there if you have children and you're putting a lot of work into them it may not click at the moment you give the lesson but down the road it will pay off and I wouldn't be anything without them. So they gave me a great foundation. And from there, I, I had also a, a natural passion, an interest um, that they encouraged, of course, in politics and in, um, and in, our, in our country, a lot of patriotism. And um, my grandfathers also, of course, served in the war, so they encouraged that patriotism. So that was the foundation.
1: Okay, so your grandfathers served in World War II? Yes. Are, are either of them still living?
3: No, um, they're not.
1: <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because, Katie, in 2016, I had the great honor to go with the group organized by the Denver Police Activities League. Uh, and there were uh, four students that they had an essay contest, and they were the winners, and there were four police officers, uh, and they also had an essay contest, and they were the winners. And we went to Normandy with four D-Day veterans. And I came back realizing how important it is to, to share these stories. So I have another um, radio show. It's the AmeriChicks World War II Project, where I've interviewed over 100 World War II veterans. So that was the oh, reason that I asked you that question. So, Oh,
3: that's amazing. I'm going to have to look that up.
1: Yeah, it's truly changing my life. But, but appreciating what those guys did, it sounds like that your family made sure that you kids knew that.
3: Definitely, yes. So that was instilled from the beginning, and I was actually homeschooled through... 8th grade, and so, of course, my parents had a lot of um, influence over our education in that regard, and then went to a, a classical school, classical private school for high school, and um, so I also think the edu- having a good education
1: was helpful. You know, but, Katie, on, on that note, we're having a, a time out here in Colorado. Uh, we've had great success with charter schools, and uh, which are public schools, uh, but they're charter schools, and the parents are very active in, in those particular schools. Um, and one up in Boulder County which is a classical academy uh, associated with Hillsdale College, the Boulder Valley School District denied their charter. And just last week, this school went before the State Board of Education, and they were d- denied there as well, and there were over 600 families that were on the wait list on that. So when you're talking about your education, I'm becoming more and more convinced that homeschooling is uh, a very important component, and the parents need to really look at that
3: definitely yes and I know it sounds daunting and a lot of work and of course I don't have children of my own yet and it's always easy to tell someone else to look into homeschooling um, when you haven't actually done it but I do know that from observing my mother and I was one of five kids and she homeschooled all of us for grade school that um, the older children can help the younger ones and we are just all very close as a family because of that and we did a lot of field trips it can be really fun it can be really hard but if you are organized and your spouse whoever is whichever spouse the mother the father is not doing the most of education as long as they're really supportive it will definitely work out
1: well, uh, it's impressive uh, what you have accomplished in in your young life. Really, I mean, I, I, an entrepreneur, author, commentator. Uh, your column. We're going to talk in the next uh, couple of segments about a piece that you just have recently written regarding abortion. Uh, but tell me a little bit about your first book. Let me be clear. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well,
3: I got into writing by entering a contest for the largest newspaper in Minneapolis, or one of the two. There's two because there's a Twin Cities. I won that contest and started writing editorials as a high school student. And then as a college student, I started a newspaper from scratch um, that was a, an independent conservative newspaper. I edited it, founded it, and then wrote a lot of the articles, so that was really a way that I got into journalism. I thought of being a journalism major, but dropped out of that um, major after one class because I realized that that program—and I believe this is true uh, at a lot of schools—it's just liberal indoctr- indoctrination. So I chose philosophy instead of journalism as my major. Okay. Um, like, so yeah. You know, <laughs> then I worked in business. I worked for the largest commercial real estate firm in Minneapolis, starting with an internship that I had in college. Um, I was always working. I was definitely um, not one of those college students that's partying all the time. But I got a lot. I really got a lot out of my education. I always was. I always had a job too, so I was getting hands on business experience, real life experience at the same time and at a young age. Um, And of course through that process met a lot of people who were just very happy to be mentors to me give me advice and I took a lot of their advice. Um, Smart girl. (laughs) (laughs) So that's important um, too when you're young and then Um, let's see, the real estate market was getting a little slow. I wanted to keep learning, but I also wanted to keep writing. But I did, that was a good experience to learn how to write for business, to learn about business. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing my column full-time for Town Hall. And at the same time, my dad asked me if I would be interested in caring for his mother, who had Alzheimer's. So I basically, I wasn't sure about it. He said, it'll probably be a two-week deal. (laughs) It turned out to be a little over three years. Uh So I cared for her, and I wrote, and I also flew all over the country speaking. And so it was a really unique experience. It was difficult and challenging, but I learned a lot from her, and I also did a lot of writing during that time. And So while I was putting my column out on Town Hall, that was when, um, after about two years of doing that, well, maybe three, Random House reached out to me and said, We really like your writing style. Would you be interested in writing a book?
1: And that's how that all happened. Oh my gosh! I tell you, Katie, this is an amazing story. Uh, at some point, I think we need to delve in a little bit more to your care for. Now, was who was this exactly that you took care of that had Alzheimer's? Was oh, it? my my grandmother. So your my grandmother. Dad's okay. Mother. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I, everybody has different talents, and I don't think I ever really could be a nurse, but I do think that I could be a geriatric nurse. I, I really enjoy um, older people and the stories that they tell. So at oh, some point in yeah. time, we'll have to talk about that. But the reason that we wanted to, to really chat today is this piece that you had d- done in town hall here in, in just a, a week or so ago regarding abortion. So let's go to break. When we come back, uh, you really uh, shed some light on this very important subject in in America today. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We're talking to a marvelous millennial. That is Katie Kiefer, and we will be right back. Hey, Jason McBride over at Presidential Wealth Management. Cash, cold, hard cash. Is there anything wrong with that?
4: I think there's nothing wrong with that, and uh, Robert Prechter, who is uh, the founder or creator of what's called the Elliott Wave Theorist, had a great quote. He said, there's nothing wrong with cash. It gives you time to think, and I would agree with that. Now, uh, Elliott's a little bit kind of more of a perma-bear. He has a, a negative outlook most of the time, it seems like to me, but there are times when it does make sense not to be invested in anything at all. Uh, look at 2007, 2008. There was almost nowhere to hide uh, just moving part or all of your money into a safe cash position. When you started to see the trouble hitting, uh, would have worked out much better than holding on and riding all the way down. So uh, other reasons can go to cash is just because you don't, don't feel right. If you're nervous and you're not sleeping at night, it's not worth it. So uh, again, this thought that you always have to be fully invested and ride all the ups and all the downs, I don't necessarily agree with that. No one can time the market perfectly, of course, but I think there are times when, yeah, cash can be very helpful.
1: And it actually allows people to sleep at night And as you mentioned, to kind of take a breath, to step back and think. So uh, Jason McBride, um, that whole team of yours over at Presidential Wealth Management uh, can certainly help by taking a look at people's nest eggs, making sure that you can help them sleep well at night. So that is uh, chickspresidential.com. ChicksPresidential.com is our landing page with the team at Presidential Wealth Management. Phone number is 303-694-1600. 303-694-1600. Jason, thanks so much. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow.
4: All right, Kim. Thank you. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now, so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturts and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today 303-888-2732.
2: Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today.
1: Welcome back to The Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having these conversations. Uh, I offer the conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. I am The Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Thrilled to be talking with uh, a marvelous young woman, uh, Katie Kiefer. She is an author. She is an entrepreneur. She's a commentator. Uh, Column in Town Hall. She's written a book, Let Me Be Clear. She even debated Bill Maher. But, uh, Katie, welcome. It's, it's just so great to have you on the line with me. Um, oh, yes, yeah, thank you. This piece that you just have written, it was published, I believe, February 11th, When yes. Murder is Easy. Uh, you are pretty hard hitting on a subject that is at the forefront in America now, and that is abortion. With what we have seen, uh, Governor Ralph Northam in Virginia uh, actually saying that uh, they would abort babies in the fourth trimester, and with New York, Como, uh, actually signing Legislation for late-term abortions, and now Donald Trump taking a stand for life. Uh, the veil is off on what is going on in America. So let's jump in here. This is a very important piece, When Murder is Easy. So let's, uh, let's start at the very beginning, Katie.
3: Sure. I guess the message that I really wanted to get across is that we've lost a healthy dose of shock when it comes to abortion and it seems to be the one one form of murder where that's the case in the United States and I know people say that we have been numbed due to the violent movies and video games and whatnot but I still feel as though there is shock when there's a mass shooting for example and rightfully so, of course mm-hmm. but when there is a mass um, genocide with regard to babies, there's actually not shock, but applause. And so, yeah, they I've lit up really-
1: the World, uh, World Trade Center tower. Oh, right. It was unbelievable. They, they lit it up pink in honor of this legislation uh, approving late-term abortions. And, uh, Katie, I was preparing a, a show just recently, and I found the picture of Andrew Cuomo signing the legislation. He's smiling. The people behind him are smiling. And it looked diabolical to me.
3: Exactly. It is the devil. It is The devil is getting involved in our country, and it's because we have allowed um, that evil influence to come to pass Um, I quote Edmund Burke as saying the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing and that is definitely happening here Um, murder we have to start acknowledging abortion as murder of course and um, one thing that is just appalling to me when I hear the, the left say this is that They won't give Trump any credit for anything, and I saw this in the Associated Press where they said that the increase of females in the workplace is due to population growth and not something that Trump can credit to any of his policies. And of course, I'm sure most of your audience will remember that after the State of the Union, um, the women in the white coats on the Democratic side were getting applause From other women for standing up for women and they were getting the credit for helping women find opportunities but the truth is that it is policies like Trump's and pro-life politicians beforehand who have stood up for life who are responsible for the fact that women even have a chance that any of those women had a shot at life Um, two in five pregnancies end by abortion in New York City alone, and that's going to increase.
1: Now, what did you Uh, just say? Two in five pregnancies in New York City uh, end in abortion?
3: Yes, they're terminated by abortion. Uh,
1: That's astounding. mm
3: -hmm. And that's going to increase, I am sure, to some extent by the, the new laws.
1: You know, what's so interesting is, and, and I think the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of JFK. Uh, I think the Democrat Party has been taken over by radical, progressive uh, activists for quite some time. And of course, there's been this lie that I think has been told to women that abortion is part of, of women's health. But Katie, I'm in, encouraged with you know, hard-hitting pieces like what you have done with President Trump. Taking a stand for life. And then I think the veil is now off. Uh, when we hear what Ralph Northam said, Virginia governor, about abortion in the fourth trimester, and we see Andrew Como's New York lauding uh, and proud of abortion by lighting up the World Trade Center, I think the veil is off. And most reasonable people, when they really understand what's been going on, they're like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. this isn't what I thought was happening. And so I'm I'm encouraged on that, uh, Katie.
3: Yeah, definitely. And it, it will help if we educate our fellow men and women because most people don't realize, and it's not necessarily their fault. We're all just so busy, and the news that happens to be on when we're going about our daily business in the airport or in a restaurant doesn't tend to be very educational. So you really have to dig and work and listen to shows, for example, like yours to find it. One thing that other women can... And men can help point out is the fact that so many of these Democratic women who are running for, who have put their hat in the ring to run for president in 2020, they're all mothers, but they don't support other women at having that shot being a mother
1: themselves. Interesting. That is so interesting. And the other thing is, is think about the number of of baby girls, and of course baby boys, but women that say they're standing up for, for women. Think about the number of little baby girls that have been aborted. I mean, that seems like that's antithetical to women's rights. Definitely. It's horrible.
3: And so we can be, we can definitely be the, the people who stand up for girls because these other people who claim to be really are and truly are not. They're eliminating baby girls, as you say, um, and their chances. One thing that Nancy Pelosi recently told Time magazine is that, quote, my greatest accomplishment is my family. And I had to reread that and say, I guess you don't want any other women to have that same
1: experience. Well, and you know, Katie, I, I think about how different the world would be if women who found themselves in a difficult situation um chose abortion uh instead of having the baby and who comes to mind right now is um Tim McGraw, you know the great country singer. Oh yeah. Uh his dad was Tug McGraw, who was a baseball player. And and I, I hope I have the story right. I probably should have researched this, but this is how I remember it. And if I don't have all the details correct, I, I do apologize. But my understanding is is that uh Tug McGraw didn't even know for a few years that Tim had been born. Tim's mother had chosen life uh, she was a, a single mom obviously and here oh. she's given birth to this amazing talented singer and, right. and we have to ask ourselves you know have we lost the the person that would would cure cancer for earlier i mean we just right. don't know we have to ask ourselves those questions so Kamala harris you know, when she threw her hat in the ring, she asked the question, "Who are we?" I do agree with her on that. That's probably the only thing, and that is, we have to ask ourselves, "Who are we as Americans?" Right. So, uh, oh, on that, yeah, you know, let's let's go ahead and jump through this this piece that you have written uh, for Town Hall. When murder is easy, it was, I believe, it was fe- February eleventh. You mentioned both Nancy Pelosi. She is a mother and and a grandmother, and and I have to agree that I think that that being a mom is one of the the you know the greatest things that you could ever do. It's it's such a blessing. But uh, you said you've you mentioned that there's mothers against life. Explain this.
3: Well, Kristen Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and then. Their major support system, Nancy Pelosi. They're all mothers. Um, Kamala Harris is a stepmother of two, but she's still a mother. They're all mothers, and then Elizabeth Warren and Nancy Pelosi are also grandmothers. And I, I, I point that out. I point out that these women are taking very strong stances against other women. Uh, um, having, having life at all, having any sort of opportunity to have a job, to be a part of Congress, that like they are someday, but also women, um, encouraging women from my age, for example, and younger women who are of, um, of childbirth, of age to give birth to a child, encouraging them to say no to that, to that, and and to put that aside when they obviously didn't do that themselves so I think that that's very um, very deceptive of them and they're clearly just looking out for their own political career and not for women because they obviously have chosen to be mothers and have found great joy in that yeah, I, fi- looking for
1: boats. yeah I, I find that really interesting uh, on that. And you are a millennial. And just very quickly, uh, the millennials, I think, are becoming very pro- strong proponents of life. And a lot of that is is because millennials have seen their little brother or sister, the ultrasound picture, on the refrigerator and they're going, wait a minute, that's not just a bunch of cells or whatever. That is a little being that is growing. And so I, I'm very encouraged, but I do think that we need to make sure that we defund Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is probably the largest abortion provider in the country and a, A country that that spends their tax dollars to abort their children, I find very, very concerning. So I tell you what, let's go to break, uh, Katie. I'd I'd like to bite off this next part of your piece, and that is no nurturers without protectors. So let's talk about that when we come back. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks talking with Katie Kiefer, and we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have the conversation. I offer a conservatarian perspective. And be sure to check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Thrilled to be talking with Katie Kiefer. She is a millennial. She's an entrepreneur, an author, a commentator. She has a regular column in t- uh, town hall. She's written her first book, Let Me Be Clear. She's debated Bill Maher, and we are talking about this Very hard-hitting, important piece that she wrote, When Murder is Easy. Now, there's something so interesting in this piece. You said there's no nurturers without protectors. And as I thought about abortion, moms and dads, you know, Lyndon Johnson, when he was talking about the Great Society, he basically said to women... We will take care of you and your children as long as there's not a man in the house. And what has happened, I think that it has hurt children, it's hurt women, but I also think that it has hurt men. And that seems to be maybe something like what you were talking about in your piece. So let's talk about that. Women are natural nurturers and social role models. So take it from there.
3: Okay. Yes, women and men, I truly believe, and science also has proven, that we're different, different in good and important ways, and yet also equal. Women are naturally nurturers, they're social role models, and therefore should be the last people in any society to be clamoring for death. If you look around our country, the United States, it's not men, but it's women who are the loudest proponents of killing children uh, through abortion and preventing children from coming to life. But men have a, a very important role, too, because men are naturally wired to protect, and they are better at conquest. They are natural political leaders in any society. And while I think that A lot of women are stronger than men in many ways, such as emotionally. Men have certain strengths that they're not utilizing, and part of it is because our culture... Uh, I think it's partly the. I think it's
1: part of the uh, the feminist movement, which is another uh, uh, I think detriment to the radical progressive activist feminist movement. But go oh, ahead. Oh, definitely,
3: definitely. <laughs> I can completely understand why many men are fearful of leading in our society today. But I just wanted to encourage women. To tap into that natural nurture that is inside of them, to encourage other women to do that, and to encourage the men in their lives, including the young men that they're raising, to to lead and to be proud of that. And for men, and it's, it's something that both genders are going to have to cooperate on and encourage each other in um, in accepting that natural role that they have. Um, you know,
1: Katie, just to interject that, we talked in one of the other segments about both your grandfathers served in World War II, and I've interviewed so many World War II veterans, and these these guys now, they're in their 90s. They were, some of them lied to get into the, the service at 16, 17, and 18 But, I mean, war war is hell. There's no doubt about it. But they did have to lead. And then they came back to America. There's a reason why they were called the the greatest generation is because they had to dig down and lead. And so it doesn't mean that we can't teach our young men, men this now, but we need to recognize that.
3: Oh, yes. That experience, I'm sure, was helpful. The culture was a more religious culture and women if if women wanted to take on a more feminine uh, a more traditional role women weren't criticized for that and they also weren't criticized if they wanted to do what my grandma did was become a nurse and get really actively involved in the war you know have a, a career and a job and then raise a family after that so Women were really empowered, and men, of course, had that great experience, but we need to continue to encourage both genders to lead, and men and women are both leaders, but they just are better leaders when they do it in the way that they're...
1: just wired for uh, just just a quick note when you, when you mentioned gender you did see that Kirsten Gillibrand is advocating for a third gender, gender from the federal level I I was uh, astounded to see that <laughs> oh dear <laughs> okay <Well>. so <laughs> I, I I digress I, I apologize <laughs> let's uh, let's continue on with this uh, important piece that you've done and that is that. Um, you say something about the first murder and Agatha Christie. I found this fascinating. Expound on that.
3: Yes. Well, as someone who loves to read and write, I have recently gotten very into Agatha Christie. And I've read some of her biggest hits, such as And Then There Were None, Murder on the Orient Express, and as well as many of her more obscure novels. And one thing, one reason... Um, Part of me reading those books was, why is she so popular even today? Why have her books been made into movies? Why has she outsold so many other novelists except perhaps the Bible and Tolkien? And it's really because she did not just write murder mysteries because a million other authors have done that. She understood human nature and so when you read her books you're you're learning something about yourself and your fellow man and it clicks and one thing that she points out over and over a theme is that when a murderer commits one murder it's highly likely that he or she is going to murder a second time and Christie illustrates this by saying that he or she has proven to um, themselves that they are in a sense god that murder is simple and once they have shown that to themselves by killing one person it's not that hard to do it again and i thought about an abortionist and how sometimes we think how can they commit so many murders kill so many babies and i really think that It's that that first time they killed that baby, it was most likely the very hardest time. And each successive time after that, it just gets easier and easier for themselves to do that. And that's a reality that is important for us to understand as a culture. And I am also calling on religious leaders and bishops to start calling out um, the medical community and and stand up for life, instead of focusing so much on illegal immigration to get their priorities right.
1: Well, and Katie, I really see. I, I I'm very encouraged because the the veil is off now. You know, uh, the the radical feminists have said, "Oh, this is about the mother's health. This would be, uh, you know, that if the baby was not going to survive, or you know, kind of go." way over on that. When you really look at the numbers, though, since Roe versus Wade was, uh, you know, passed the Supreme Court, I mean, the numbers are astounding. There's no way to know for sure, but Mm -hmm. there's estimates from anywhere from 40 to 60 million children uh, have uh, been aborted. And if if you really think about that, you you just look at it realistically. This whole argument on mother's health and if, you know, the baby wasn't going to survive that just doesn't fly when, when you look at the numbers. And then the other thing is, is we, we talk about Mao and China and Stalin and, and Lenin and Hitler. Hitler's numbers were, of the amount of people that he killed was more, I think, like in the 15 to 17 million. So we are looking at possibly double or triple the atrocities of Hitler. And, and oh. if you start to really think about it like that... And and put the truth to that. I think Americans are going to wake up and they're going to say, "Wait a minute, not on my watch." And it's very encouraging uh, that President Trump has become has come out in favor of life. But we're seeing a, a we're seeing what we have here now, Katie. And that is the Democrat Party today is again not the party of JFK. K. It is the party of death, destruction division and victimhood and who are we as americans we are creators we are innovators and we stand for life and so i'm i'm so encouraged that the narrative is actually we're seeing what's going on
3: yes there is definitely hope out there there is hope in those young boys who put their make america great hats on again and went out and supported life there's so many young people every time i go to a pro-life Event there's young people there, and we get, we definitely need more young people there. Um, also, go. I encourage any young person who's doubtful about abortion, or of any age, to go to an abortion clinic and stand outside. And I recently did that in front of one. It wasn't Planned Parenthood. It was a private clinic that was tucked away, has no signage, and those sometimes get more traffic. Unfortunately, but I, in the matter of an hour, I saw um, close to 20 young women under the age of, I would say, 35, going in and getting an abortion. And they were determined, but they looked depressed. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that, that one hour, if I, I think if I had been on the fence, that would have really made me mm-hmm. think about things.
1: Well, yeah, I, they're in a, a tough spot, and so we, as their fellow citizens, need to wrap our arms around them with love and support and encourage life and make sure that we do not use tax dollars to fund abortion. Katie Kiefer, we're just about out of time. How can people find you? Where, where, where's uh, What's your website?
3: It's Katie Kiefer. So. K-A-P-I-E-K-I-E-F-F-E-R dot
1: com. Okay. Well, great. It's been wonderful having you uh, as my guest. Uh, I I thank you so much. Thank you.
3: It's wonderful to talk to you.
1: Good to talk with you as well. And so uh, we're, we're out of time. However, Victor Hugo had a quote. He said, A mother's arms are made of tenderness. And children sleep soundly in them. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the Americhick signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want
4: no one to cry.